Hey everybody and welcome to the next episode of Bastock and Bachelor's Bullshit Busters. I'm Simon Bachelor. I'm Adam Bastock. And today we are going to be talking about customers. So what we're thinking about this week is customer personas in particular. So customer personas is essentially a very fancy way of saying who is your best customer and who is your worst customer. All businesses have both and I think it's important to think about both of them because often when people are thinking about their customers they only think about who is the person who's most likely to pay them now and that isn't your best customer because that person could actually be a real pain to deal with. So. That is, I think, one of the key mistakes that people make when they're thinking about customer is they just focus on willingness to pay. So, Adam, when you're thinking um, and talking to your clients about uh, making customer personas, what is it that you're sort of asking them to think about? So I think I think customer personas, it always sounds quite scary and like quite a big project. And I think just start really simple if you're a bit kind of perturbed by all of this essentially what I'm trying to think about is who is the customer what do they look like um, and normally you'll have a, a rough idea as a business owner who that is so as an example you might be if you're selling tools to, to the building trade someone who's in their 50s called Dave who works on um, building site listens to the radio all day gets in his car drives home he's not necessarily going to be on Instagram as much as say someone who's in their 30s works in fintech in, in, in central London immediately within those two kind of sentences without unpacking it anymore we have a rough idea of where are we what are we advertising one person might be reading the guardian one might be reading the sun one might be spending more time in the pub one maybe more in kind of vegan restaurants or um, in inner city kind of experiences so we can instantly start building a, a very rough profile about those people and, and then start empathizing with them so either advertising in the places where they're going to be maybe a ra- radio advertising or um, kind of the newspaper advertising or football-related kind of partnerships might be more relevant for Dave, whereas for um, let's try like Susan say in in the in the, in the city those aren't going to land at all. So that's where Instagram advertising might be far more relevant, or um, any partnerships with say Patch, like the the um, online plant company. Mm. Those kind of things might be far more em- empathetic and emotionally related to them. So. I think even just doing that and then kind of leaving that there on the, on the wall with a post-it note will be a huge help because it just helps you empathise with who your customers are and mm. understand what your marketing should and, most importantly, should not be. Um, yes. There is no good there is no marketing, marketing channel that is better than others. There's only ones that are more appropriate. So I think it's really important to make sure that if you are spending on... Um, money on advertising you're doing it so that you know that it works and it's going to land with the right audience so i personally might think that radio advertising isn't worth it that's because most of my audience isn't listening to the radio um they are normally on instagram or they are on kind of business forums and they're on linkedin Mm. so that's where i try and and try and meet them and and certainly i've got a lot of work to do on my kind of customer personas and and who they actually are because it's very easy for me to say this all theoretically but um my kind of perfect customer my best customer I've still not really kind of refined that enough yet. So it is going to be a constant journey that you're going to have to review. But I think start really simple um, and just try and have discussions internally with who they are. Your comment about them being like the worst customer, I think customer service people will be a great resource for who's the pain in the ass. And everyone knows yeah. them in the company and they're going to go, oh, okay, it's the people who, yeah. you know, I, I won't I won't start um, 
shouting about my, my retail history <laughs> of working at Sainsbury's. But yeah, I can, I, can, I can define many worse customers. But Well, I think, I think worse, worse customers, obviously you've got the customers who are just a terrible person. It doesn't even yes. have to be customer. They're just a nasty person. You know, yeah. they're mean or they're just, they're obnoxious and rude and things like that. And that isn't what we are, I think we're thinking about when we think about worse customer. What we're thinking about when we think about worse customers. So for example, if you run um, a vegan restaurant, then potentially your worst customer is someone who is the customer of a meat subscription box. Because mm. they're literally the opposite of the person who's going to come to your restaurant. So when you're advertising, you don't necessarily want to be advertising to them. So as you mentioned, understanding who your customer is helps because you can start to target your advertising better. But also I think if you understand who your customer is better, then you know the kind of things that they wouldn't be into. Mm. And I think particularly if you're in a lead generation business and where people book a call with you or you have to have a consultation with them before they become a client, knowing who isn't the right fit for is really important because you can start to drop some of those messages and wording in to your landing page, to your emails, to the way you talk online, to what you post on social, to kind of hint of like, if, if you're doing this or if this is the way you think, this isn't for you. However, if you think like this, and this is what you're all about, then come and talk to me. And you can really clearly signpost, and I know a lot of professional service businesses who do this. So, you know, even if you're something like an accountant, you might think, oh, well, an accountant can do accounts for any business. Well, unfortunately, the accountants who think they can do accounts for any business are the ones that are currently going bust. Because when I choose an accountant, I want an accountant with industry experience. I want to know that they also do the accounts of other companies in my sector and already what I've described from the accounts point of view is okay I'm, I'm looking for a digital specialist accountant so they know all of their you know that they know all about the rules and regulations and legislation around me so without getting too focused on that I think the example is that it helps you form, form a niche because a lot of people come to us and say oh well everyone's my customer yeah. So the last count on the Social 2020 report revealed that there's it's 3.96 billion people using social media. So if everyone's your customer, that's your audience size. So you're either going to need an enormous sales team or you're going to need an enormous level of stock in order to help all those people, right? Yeah. There must be a way of describing it. And I think when you said earlier about um, Dave the Builder, it's like even just describing him as Dave the Builder immediately we've got two things to latch on to now it may be that your target audience is predominantly male and that might be fine that that's your whole branding it's your whole look so if you look at something like harry's razors for example everything is about shaving facial hair and that's because the harry's brand is designed to appeal to men it's got a big woolly mammoth and like all of their stuff is you know like your stubble's in trouble it's all it's all marketed expertly within an inch of its life for men but Harry's Razors is owned by Wilkinson Sword, who also make the most popular brand of female razor subscription. So, you know, that company's very cleverly taken their two, two customer personas and has created two individual brands for those people and, and how they market it. So you don't have to be the scale of Harry's to make this work, but I think you do need to just sit down and think about who is the kind of person you want to do business with, who's the kind of person you want to spend time with as a business owner, and start to just write down things that make that make your business day enjoyable when you're dealing with customers and that will help you show your best customer for sure 
Yeah, and I think the important thing as well is that it helps you partner with, or like look for opportunity to partner with other organisations who either already have that um, target customer as their audience, or who you can kind of work together on to try and achieve that. So, <clears throat> so with the builders, for example, it might be that obviously not with Wix or B and Q, but there might be some smaller brands that are releasing tools that you can kind of collaborate mm. with and offer some kind of cross promotion on. So. There are, it unlocks a lot of marketing potential and a lot more um, innovation, I guess, or kind of ideas in the ways that you can start reaching those customers in ways that aren't just, okay, well, they're, they use Google, everyone uses Google, let's do Google Ads. That is a yes. marketing strategy and that's yeah. fine, but it's not really the, the kind of the full depth of it because you want to be able to map out where they are before that, whether, whether they're, where they are after that, what their day looks like. Are they using the tube? Are they getting in vans? You know, are they car yeah. owners or are they things? So can you start selling some kind of car accessory that will help get your brand awareness in front of them. You know, these are all very bad examples because I'm making up as I go along, but hopefully well, think, it demonstrates that I think it doesn't have to be accurate. Yeah, and I think there are a couple that spring to mind. So one of them is when you are doing your demographic targeting uh, or mm. your interest targeting on Facebook ads, for example, you can, so let, let, let's think back to the builders example. You, you can target people who like the page on the tools. So yeah, anybody exactly. who's in the construction industry loves that page because it's really funny because it's just builders doing pranks on each other and mucking about. And, you know, they've got a huge Instagram following, a huge Facebook following. You don't even have to get involved with on the tools. You just say people who like on the tool and it comes up. It's like, bam, you can target those people. So you don't even have to get involved. You have to contact on the tools to do it. So that's a great way of, of knowing that the people who like that will probably like what I'm doing. And that sort of part, it's not really a partnership, but it's like um, um, affiliate. It's like the affiliation between the two is just, it just works. Yeah. The other one you were talking about there was like people who drive. So the other thing you can do on Facebook ads is you can target people who commute. So at the moment, obviously, that data is not really worth much because not many people are commuting. However, um, as people do start to commute more, you can say commuters and you've got daily, weekly so you, you can start to see, or it's people who travel regularly is another one you can do. So once you start to understand, like, so if you're in a holiday market, for example, and you want people who regularly travel because you're selling maybe, let's say, high-end suitcases or, mm. you know, a magic thing that clips on the back of an airplane seat to make you comfy sleep or whatever, that sort of thing you can target to frequent flyers. Yeah. So th there's loads of things you can start to get into with targeting and, and focusing your message better but you need to know what it is about your customer, the things they like, the things they don't like, before you can even get anywhere near that targeting. And even even that platform, because it might even be that if, if the your target audience is is not on social media or is, is you know is less engaged on social media, that might not be the right the right advertising method for you, and you need to look at other options. Um, and don't be kind of afraid to to maybe shy away from that a little bit if that is is true. I think it would be unlikely that they're not at all, but. Um, it is there's not many markets that aren't yeah we had we had one person come to us and they thought it wasn't and that was care homes yeah and I said well yeah but people it's who are in their 30s exactly that's what I was thinking who are looking for care homes are and it was like light bulb moment of like ah oh, of course but that's a great example of where once you've understood the, the target market and what their days and like lives mm. look like you can then work back from there to identify that secondary audience who are on social yeah. media and market to those people so 
I think it's just about having that kind of empathy, really, and understanding of, of who you are trying to target so that you can work mm. back from there um, with the channels rather than trying to kind of go in with, right, I've got seven grand to spend on Google Ads. How do, who, who shall I reach for these? And then try, you know, yeah. hammering in with a... Um, I think also it, does, it is something you have to revisit. So, you know, what, what we... So in Marketing Success Club, we run a... a a workshop with this which explains the four processes you go through to work make marketing work and the first thing we focus on is the customer and we do best customer work worst customer as part of that workshop so in that workshop one of the things we say is well start now with your best customer worst customer and then we take the through the we, we take everyone through the process and we end up with an offer which we take to the customer and that is basically you go out and you run some ads you have some sales conversations and you try and sell what you're you've actually made and what we learn from that sales conversation is who isn't the right fit and the next thing we go back to then is right who's the best customer who's the worst customer because we'll find out let's say you, you make 10 phone calls and you make three sales well seven people have told you something that means they're not the right fit is there something about those seven that they all have in common that we can add to the worst customer list and the worst customer list might be for example they're they're people who drive cars that's the one thing they've all got in common is they're all car owners and what we're selling is bike lights yeah and actually the three people who who we sold to don't own a car so immediately we can then make a negative audience of car owners bam we've saved ourselves thousands of pounds so i think it's that thing of just because you've done it once doesn't mean you've done it forever i would say you need to be looking at this quarterly and if you're if possible i would be booking in time to do it monthly to look at your advertising, look at your success rate, your conversion rate, look at the demographic data, okay. think about your sales conversations. And if you've got a team who do customer service, speaking to them about, you know, like where are the problems, what are the issues, and getting all that feedback at least once a month, I would yeah. say. And I think your business can change as well. So after, like, after over six months, your target audience will probably shift slightly into maybe, you know, mm. a, a different, you might pivot or you might just want someone that's got a bit more money. You know, well, I would say also thinking about that, if, you're, if your target audience hasn't changed in six months, then you're not running a business. Mm. You're asleep at the wheel because they have definitely changed. Like, there is a way you can make your target audience narrower and narrower every six months until you know exactly who the kind of person is. Like we know exactly with an agency, before we even meet the person, we know whether we're going to be a good fit because we just know who we get on with. But yeah. that's because we've been doing it for 17 years. We can see people who we're not going to get on with coming a mile off because... We don't gel with everybody, and we're all right with that. We're not trying to be everybody's friend and everybody's marketing company. Mm. That's not how it works. But I think a lot of people are afraid of that because they instantly think, well, if I have a customer persona, it means I'm going to have to turn some people away. But it's like, yeah, you should be turning, I'd say in your first sort of go round, you should be turning at least half of the people away yeah. because they're not right. It, it, you, you've got to focus that message down and down and down, I would say. Yeah, agreed. So... Yeah, I think basically it, it, it's a worthwhile exercise. I will put a um, a link in the uh, description to the course we do, um, mm. which you can access um, for free, all the details on the page. But you can get onto the course and then you can have a go at this best customer, worst customer exercise. It's quite good fun to do. Um, and uh, I think everybody would get a lot out of it. So I think it's worthwhile doing. Um, it's really worth starting and at least, at least having that conversation because I think it will start off a lot of thoughts if you've not done it before and, and you know, pennies will drop. <laughs> yes was. yeah yeah and i think you know even if even if you're not up for doing the course that's fine i would say you know just take so take a moment now to just think actually who is the best customer 
Like, yeah. who is my best customer right now? And then think, okay, that is who I want more of, and just go and get more of them. Mm. You know, even that's a step in the right direction. Agreed. I think that's really good, really good advice. Yeah. And, of course, if you want us to have a look at your customer personas or you've got any questions about it, then do get in touch with us. We will put our LinkedIn links uh, in the show notes, as always. And if you've got any suggestions on topics or questions that you want us to answer, things you want us to have a think about and talk about, then, again, either drop a comment on this YouTube video or reach out to us on LinkedIn or social media, and we'll be happy to answer or bust any bullshit that is out there floating around that you want to uh, yeah. you, you want to get solved. So. Send us your bullshit, I think. Is, is, yes. It should be how we uh, describe it from now on. Yes, I like it. Yes. So, send us your bullshit. Good times. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Uh, until next time, we'll see you later. Bye. Bye.